0: greetings again in the name of Jesus. I want to take just a moment to give honor to our pastor and his strong leadership in these difficult times to navigate through. Uh, He is doing a tremendous job and to all of the leadership team, uh, thank you so much for your hard work and we're honored tonight to have you here with us at the First Pentecostal Church. I'm drawing your attention tonight to the book of Exodus, chapter 32. The book of Exodus, chapter 32, and verse 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down. Watch what he says. For thy people. He doesn't call them his people, God's people. He said, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. And then down to verse 19, and it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands and Break them beneath the mount. I guess you could say that was where Moses broke the Ten Commandments. And then verse 26. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together Unto him. I want to take a few minutes tonight and simply ask you a question. Who is on the Lord's side? You may be seated if you're standing. I read a quote today that I found interesting and I want to share it with you. It says, unless you're prepared to give up something valuable, you'll never be able to truly change at all. Because you'll be forever in the control of things you can't give up. We're living in a time where you must understand as uh, those that are on the outside looking in perhaps that you are a part of a generation upon whom the end of the world has come. You say, Bishop, do you think what's going on now is is going to bring about the end of the world? I don't know, but I know that certainly we're in the middle of all of that. And I want you to understand something that this is a time in your life when you must make a decision. You must decide. You see, with the Lord, there are no gray areas. There's no uh, in between. He said, you're either for me or against me. The Bible tells us that Israel had just gone through a great deliverance. The scripture said that uh, just a few days prior to where we began reading that God had taken them through a series, not one plague, not two plagues, but in fact ten plagues. And on the last plague, the Bible tells us, and Pastor mentioned it a little bit this morning in his message, in that last plague, God said... Unless I see the blood, every firstborn in Egypt is going to die. But he said, if I see the blood, I will pass over you. I'd like to tell you tonight that you can have the blood applied to your life say how do i do that bishop it's very simply simply this you repent of your sins or you ask god to forgive you of your past and You tell God, I'm going to make a turning. I'm going to turn from the way I used to live to a new way of life. And then you are buried in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And it is there that the blood is applied to your life. And the Bible said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. You don't have to wonder, you don't have to uh, somehow think that it's a mystery. God's got a plan for you, but you're going to have to make some decisions in your life. And so God has wrought great deliverance and brought Israel out of Egypt and now they're on the other side and they're at a place called Mount Sinai. And the man of God, Moses, who was the leader, their deliverer, has gone to the mountain to talk to the Lord and they're feeling a little empty because that that they looked at as their leader perhaps even some of them looked at him even a little higher than that as perhaps somebody that they couldn't make it without and they find themselves a few days into the struggle without having a face-to-face with the man of God, they find themselves struggling now. And so they begin to, uh, um, begin to operate in a different way. And they say to Aaron, who Aaron was supposed to be the next leader in line, and they say to Aaron, listen, we need to do something here. We've got to worship. And so you know the story. They fashioned a golden calf. They created a God. And I want to just tell you today that you will never be able to worship something that you create. You see, the problem with society today and the reason why so many people are feeling so empty and such a void in their life is that Things that they've created to be their gods. Things that they've created to be their idols. Have all now been taken away from them. And now it's just families gathered together in homes. And and, uh, uh, restoring relationship. But the things that once they elevated to a place of uh, perhaps idolizing. They're all gone now. I need to tell you something. The only thing that you'll ever be able to worship Is the creator that created you. He is the one that you must worship. And so we find them, and and Moses. He's on the mountain, he's hearing from God, he's getting the tabernacle plan, he's, he's getting the Ten Commandments, God speaking to the man of God and I need to tell you that I'm so thankful that we're still living in a generation where God can speak to a man of God and the man of God can come down from the presence of the Lord and begin to share with us what God is speaking to the church and so the scripture said, God said, Moses, There's problems in the camp. Your people, God said, I'm not even going to claim them as mine right now because they haven't really decided whose side they're going to be on. They worshiped me when things were good. They worshiped me when uh, I provided for them and supplied their need and when I delivered them and I got them out of the mess that they were in. They looked to me then, but now somehow, Moses, they've they've lost focus. They're they're not thinking right. And Moses, you need to get down there because they've corrupted themselves. They've, They've found themselves in a place where they're separated from me. I want to tell you that there's no more dangerous place to be than separated from God. And you must today understand that as an individual, the Bible said that God created man in his image. God made you to be like him, God created you to be like him and when we find ourselves worshiping other things when we find ourselves making decisions that are contrary to the word of god and the will of god and the leading of the spirit of god then we mar the image of god and i'd like to tell somebody tonight that found yourself in these times, these difficult times, and you're feeling the pull and the tug of the Spirit of God in your life, now would be a great time for God to restore the image of Him in you. So the Scripture said that Moses comes down and, and Aaron begins to make excuses as to why they were doing what they were doing and why they created this molten calf. And he was very angry and wroth. And the Bible said that he cast down the stones, and somehow the fire of God fell, and they melted that calf back down, and he ground it into dust, and caused the people to partake of their own misgiving. But then the Bible said that there was a calling, there was a bidding. God was, you know, God always gives us space. That's a great thing about living in the hour that we live in, that mercy and grace are still available to you and me. No matter what we've done, no matter how far away from God it seems we are, God's hand is still reaching for you today. And so God shows mercy there. At the foot of Mount Sinai, God begins to speak to His people again through the man of God. And Moses said, ask the question, Who is on the Lord's side? The Bible said there was a quick scramble. and Those that were of the Levitical bloodline, came and joined Moses. That was not the end of the story. Because you see, when they left Egypt, Moses had promised them, we're going to a land that flows with milk and honey. They hadn't gotten there yet, and over in the book of Numbers, and I need to talk to somebody right here because I felt the Spirit quicken me as I was getting ready and praying and seeking God this afternoon. As they got, got out a little further away, the Scripture said that there was a group of, quote, priests that decided that uh, somebody else needed to be the leader of the pack. And so the Scripture said that Korah put together a little crew and, and raised up a rebellion against Moses. And the Scripture makes us to understand That God was going to have His way. Because you see, when God calls you, God won't give up on you until you finish what God's called you to do. Moses had not yet gotten the children of Israel to that land that flows with milk and honey. And if God has His hand on your life, you can be sure that no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through... Maybe you're in a time where you're unsure of the circumstances that are going on around you like we are right now. You can be sure of this one thing. If God promised, if God spoke to you, if God gave you direction, you can be sure of this one thing. He's not going to leave you in a wilderness somewhere. He's not going to leave you in a situation where you're unsure or insecure. I promise you that the hand of God is leading you and guiding you and he will get you through. You just got to keep trusting him. You got to keep talking to him. You got to keep believing him because he is the only one that can get you through this time. Don't let somebody, don't let somebody take the man of God out of your life. Scripture said Korah got a couple of other of his buddies and 250 more and they decided they were going to raise up against the man of God. And the scripture said before God was done, God proved whose side he was on. The scripture said that the fire fell, the ground opened and swallowed up every one of those rebellious individuals. What do you mean, Bishop? Why would you, why would you say that? Why would you tell us that? Because I want you to understand something. There are no gray areas with God. This is decision time for you in your life. You say, well, you know, this is, this, this is man-made. This came, I don't know where it came from. I, I've got some good ideas in my own opinion, but that's not important right here. What I know is is that God never wastes any circumstances or situations in our life. And you hear me when I tell you that the coming of the Lord is near. And that God is sending men to stand perhaps behind a camera at this point, to speak across the internet, to tell you, or to ask you, who is on the Lord's side? Make no mistake. There are not three choices. There's not four sides. There's two sides. You're either for Him or you're against Him. Well now, preacher, you know, I, 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 I love God, but... I don't think that that all of that church stuff is necessary. Listen, the Lord said, I didn't say it, pastor didn't say it, the Lord said, if you're going to do it, do it with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul, with all your strength. And whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. The question is posed to you tonight. On this Sunday night, in the middle of a pandemic, in a time where God is dealing and drawing souls, the question is posed to you tonight. Who's on the Lord's side? God's calling you. God's dealing with you. God's drawing you. We have water for you to be baptized. In your living room right now, you can lift your hands, repent of your sins. God can fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All he needs to hear you say is I'm not on the side of the world. I'm not on the side of evil, but I am on the Lord's side. I've made my decision. I've made my choice. I'm gonna live for God with everything. I have. I tell you tonight, this is a great, great time. You say, oh, Bishop, how could it be a great time? People are dying. People are sick. We're losing our jobs. Listen, listen to me and hear me well. When we get to the place that all we can do is depend upon God, that's when God is at his best. The writer said, When I am weak, he is strong. If I could encourage you tonight, if somehow I could reach to where you are and help you tonight and tell you the best decision that you could ever make is to say to the Lord, I am on the Lord's side. Make no mistake. Jesus is coming. I don't know when he's coming. The Bible said no man knows the day or the hour, but I'm going to tell you that there is no, no possible way prophetically that you could look into the word of the Lord and not understand that all of the groundwork has been laid for the coming of the Lord. The Bible said, the Bible makes us to understand that that uh, he's going to come in an hour that you think not. I don't know when that's going to be. It'd be okay with me if it was before. I put this microphone back tonight, but if that's not the case, you're given a space to make a decision. Israel ultimately would go to the land that flows with milk and honey, but it wouldn't be without trial. It wouldn't be without tests. It wouldn't be without days. Days when they were sitting uh, around the house twiddling their thumbs wondering what can I do next to fill my time? Let me give you something to fill your time. Just fall on your knees in the presence of the Lord and ask God to let you be a part of His great King. I want us to pray together right now. I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to deal, and wanting to draw somebody here tonight. And as we pray, I want you to let God touch your heart. The question is posed, who's on the Lord's side tonight? Who wants to be saved or who wants to be lost? Who wants to go to heaven? Or who wants to go to hell you, you say that's, that's so hard preacher it's only the word of God I'm not trying to judge or offend or hurt anybody's feelings I'm just trying to tell you that we can all make it to heaven if we'll get on the Lord's side let's pray together Master God we're so grateful for your word We're so grateful that you're a God of deliverance. You're a God of forgiveness. You're a God of healing. You are a God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And God, I'm pleading tonight for your mercy and for your grace. God, to flow from this place to living rooms, bedrooms, offices, wherever it is tonight, God. Touch the hearts of sinner and saint alike and draw us back to you with a recommitment, God, that we're not going to worship, worship something that we've created, but God, we're going to worship our Creator. Help us, God, not to make anything more valuable than our relationship with you. We thank you for the work that you're going to do, even the work that you're completing right now in the lives of those that are hearing my voice. Let them hear your voice tonight, God, as you touch their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. We love you. We're praying for you. We're believing God that He's going to restore and renew. He's going to rekindle the fire in your spirit. If we can do anything to help you in that, please send us a message on our Facebook page. Let us know that we can help you in some way. If you want to be baptized, We'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, we'll pray for God to fill you with His Spirit. If you need a healing, we'll pray. The Bible said if we'll pray the prayer of faith, He'll forgive sins and heal. I'm telling you that the power of God is available to you. Who's on the Lord's side? Joshua said, as for me and my house... We're going to serve the Lord. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. In Jesus' name.